following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Parenting Hour. You're listening to Unity FM 93.5 and also Inspire FM 105.1. If you'd like to ring in, our number again is 772-8892. My name is Kathleen Rochnagi and with me in the studio is Dr. Aisha, who you remember is our clinical teaching fellow from Birmingham Women's Hospital and also an honorary lecturer in the University of Birmingham Medical School. She's very, very busy, mashallah, obstetrician. Had just delivered, mashallah, two births last night and oversaw many others, mashallah, on her shift. And it's always so nice to have her in the studio. And today we've been talking about pregnancy. So maybe, maybe you've been tuned in before the break where we were talking about pregnancy and the, the green notes and the importance of keeping them with you at all times, no matter whether you're out at a wedding or um, bring your children to school. Have them in the bag, have them in the car so that they're at easy, accessible in case you need them, inshallah. So before the break there, uh, Dr. Aisha, we were um, talking, discussing a lot about the first visit and going to the, the midwife or GP and filling out the notes and you were preparing people with how much time they need. After that, I suppose there's a lot of the investigations that needs to happen to know what the mother's health is, how good it is and what good it is. Can you just kind of run through some of the investigations, some of the screening maybe that goes on at this time um, and why, why is it, why, what happens, why is it important? Okay, so usually around the first visit or, or with the booking with the midwife, you have to, you have to provide a urine sample mm. and that's really important even though you're not having any problems or any concerns. Yeah. Because if there's any bacteria in the urine, it can, um, even if it's not affecting you, affect the baby or affect the pregnancy. So it's always nice for us to be reassured that the the specimen is clear Mm -hmm. and that there's no infection going on, even without you knowing it. And obviously then we do a few blood tests and the simple ones are things like finding out how much hemoglobin or blood count you have essentially to know if you know you have enough um, and you're not going to feel very unwell and what your blood group is which is very important particularly in pregnancy maybe not so much at any other time in your life as pregnancy mm-hmm. and then we also want to be knowing you know do you have sickle cell thalassemia so there's different conditions and we do offer a screening of um, any infections so you know, rubella, hepatitis, um, syphilis, HIV, and they're very important to to know about because if any woman does have them through pregnancy, then there's things we can do to protect the baby from getting them or to reduce the chances of baby getting them. So it's not because we're cu- curious or it's not because we want to be um, exposing anyone mm-hmm. or... Um, creating any problems you Mm -hmm. know especially within families for anyone but I think it's just about trying to make this pregnancy the healthiest for the woman Mm -hmm. and ultimately the healthiest for this baby Mm And could somebody have some of these things without knowing that they had them, like lived their life? Um, you mentioned their sickle cell. Could could somebody have this and, and maybe it's just now's the first time to be diagnosed in pregnancy? It could be possible. I mean, uh, you know, most women with sickle cell will probably find out earlier through other experiences, either in mm. their teenagehood or um, adult life, that they've, they've had sickle cell. Um, but some things can be hidden. And this is probably the only time in your life you, you will have such thorough investigations because... The body goes through a lot, subhanAllah, to carry your baby through. And, mm. you know, you need to be at your optimum health, really. And, mm. you know, this is our fard, essentially, our responsibility as health professionals to ensure that you have the best health possible to 
to have a nice healthy baby at the end of mm, it. Mm, of course, yeah. So there's there's a urine test and there's blood tests. Mm. Yeah. And what other tests or screening is there? We offer a screening for Down syndrome. So mm-hmm. uh, children who have Down syndrome are different to um, other children that are born. It's in essence, they have some learning difficulties and they can have some actual physical difficulties, you know, where it comes to heart structure and mm-hmm. uh, other problems. So it's it's important for us to be able to either prepare parents for this or just to be able to know so they can plan uh, once baby is born rather than it being a shock. Mm-hmm. And so essentially we, we offer um, and explain why you have screening tests for Down syndrome. A majority of the population will have it because in essence it's a blood test and, and a scan um, that measures, you know, essentially it picks up risk factors. And what it tells you is if you had 100 women um, in your state mm-hmm. as you are, how many of them would have a baby with Down syndrome? So it doesn't say your baby has Down syndrome, definitely. It's a screening. So um, we usually use a threshold of about 1 in 150, and that Mm. basically means if your risk ratio comes back saying that 1 in 1,000, or essentially if you you have 1,000 women in your situation, one of them would have a baby with Down syndrome, that's considered low risk. Mm. So we wouldn't actually... You know, want to do anything else? We'd, we'd be very happy that you have a low risk for Down syndrome, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what well, for your baby for Down syndrome. Uh, whereas, obviously, if you had one in a hundred, so if you had a hundred women in your situation uh, mm-hmm. with these blood tests and results, one of them would have a baby with Down syndrome. And if you are higher risk, we can again offer you um, diagnostic tests. That so these will be the ones that will tell you whether your baby has Down syndrome or not, with right. certainty. So the screening is just to create a risk to right. tell you whether you're low risk or high risk, mm. um, and if you're low risk you probably don't need any other investigations well Mm -hmm. you definitely don't unless Mm -hmm. you're very very um you know you're very anxious you've had a previous baby with down syndrome and you want to be definitely definitely certain Mm -hmm. but if you are high risk we definitely offer you these diagnostic tests to find out what baby you know what the genetic material is for baby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that's good to know that it is um a screening that uh, this is not an invasive test so it's a screening and then after that there's other tests so uh, probably i presume then most people do go for this screening they do i think obviously because again women want to to know about their pregnancies and you know women are very good and again Mm -hmm. families and partners and husbands um are very good about wanting to to know as much as they can and prepare as much as they can for their for the pregnancy and for delivery and Mm. after Yes, yes, of course. So the more information we have, the more informed we have, the more decisions and knowledge we we can. Well, the more knowledge we have, the better decisions we can make. Definitely, I definitely, alhamdulillah. Um, so after that, then we, when you've done all your tests and things like this, then parents um, start. I know new mums; they're given folic acid. They're given tablets to take mm. now. We've always heard, and I'm sure a lot of mums will say, we've heard, don't take it during pregnancy. So this kind of goes against that, don't take any tablets during pregnancy. What? So what is the folic acid and why do parents need to take this? Um, folic mom? acid is usually recommended from the first from the first moment you find you're pregnant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, women can literally, from the, from the moment they find they're pregnant on a pregnancy test, go down to any pharmacy and pick up Pregnacare or ask for some folic acid. And Pregnacare actually has folic acid within it or once they go to the GP or practice nurse, they can get a prescription for folic acid. So they can do that as well. It's highly recommended if you're planning to get pregnant that you start it from the point that you're planning. So you've got that... You've got this um, level mm-hmm. within the blood, essentially. But obviously, it's absolutely fine from the moment you find out as well, because that's mm-hmm. still very early. Most women find out about three, four weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, they can start taking it then. And But it is highly recommended during the first trimester. So that's from the moment you find out till about 12 weeks. 
Right. Um, and what's in this folic acid that is so important that we that mums should be taking this? Essentially, it's um, it's a chemical that mm. prevents babies from having spinal problems. So where it's mm. it, the okay. spine, essentially, the way subhanallah the body works is that when it's being it's being built within mm. the womb, it, it kind of covers over with with skin. Essentially, mm-hmm. so your spinal mm-hmm. cord is protected inside. Mm-hmm. And spina bifida is it's a I'm being very simple here, but yeah. it's essentially a, a condition where you can have some part of the spine open as such um, mm-hmm. and this co- a condition called spina bifida and folic acid protects against this and it prevents this um, so it's very very important because we know it's you know it's got a direct causality mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you take the folic acid you are protected against having a baby with spina bifida and that's why it's a national recommendation um, I don't think anyone would argue with folic acid being given in pregnancy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow that's, that's really powerful because I think in remembering back in some of my own pregnancies and I don't think I was on that and I know when I was abroad one time pregnant I probably wasn't so um, that, uh, Alhamdulillah you know I'm blessed with children that are okay but I it is something that's really recommended and if anybody's listening in they need to take this mm. you, you may have heard before take no medicines in pregnancy but this is something you do have to take mm. and even with the take no medicines in pregnancy I think there are some things that are safe to take in pregnancy right. so you know within limits obviously you know we, mm. we definitely say don't take any ibuprofen because the neurofen or the brufen side of things can affect baby's heart huh. so um, if you've taken it unknowingly once you know twice you can obviously just highlight it to your health professional but definitely do not take the you know neurofen as a regular um, uh, for any sort of pain during pregnancy mm-hmm. but other medications within reason are, are safe in pregnancy and they've been tested unfortunately quite extensively because women require either pain relief or Mm-hmm. you know iron tablets and different things mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. have been tested so mm-hmm. it's okay to take something that you're weighing up the pros and the cons and this is where the informed choice comes in mm-hmm. so if you actually need something the GP or the midwife will say right this is why we think you need medication X these are the pros and these are the cons but at this moment the benefit outweighs the risk so I think you should take it up mm-hmm. to, but it's at the end up to you if you want to take it or not Okay, okay, so that's, that's really good information to us. I'm going to play another nasheed here. Um, it is Hold My Hand, which I always love from Mahar Zain. And then when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit about diet and uh, diet and a few other things that I really want to talk to you about, about previously pregnancies and these para ones and things like that as well to explain that. So let us listen to this nasheed and then explain the other things after this, inshallah. I hear the flowers kind of crying loud, the breeze is sounding sad, oh no, tell me when did we become so cold and empty inside, lost away a long time ago, did we really turn that blind, we don't see that we keep hurting each other, no, all we do is just fight, now we share the same bright sun, the same round, why don't we share the same love, tell me why not, life is shorter than most I thought, hold my hand, there are many ways to do it right, hold my hand, turn around and see what we've left behind, hold my hand my friend, we can save the good, spirit of me and you, for another chance, and let's pray for the beautiful world, the beautiful world. Share with you Children seem like 
like they've lost their smile on their new bloody playgrounds. Oh no, how could we ignore heartbreaking crying sounds? And we're still going on like nobody really cares. And we just stop feeling all the pain because, like, it's a daily basic affair. Now we share the same bright sun, same room. Why don't we share the same love? Tell me why not? Life is shorter than most at first. Hold my hand. There are many ways to do it right. Hold my hand. Turn around and see what we left behind. Hold my hand, my friend. We can save the good spirit of me and you for another chance. And let's pray for the beautiful world, the beautiful world I share with you. I'm always gonna be your neighbor There's only one small planet where to be So I'm always gonna be your neighbor We cannot hide, we can't deny That we always gonna be neighbors Your neighbor, my neighbor, we're neighbors So hold my hand There are many ways to do it right Hold my hand Turn around and see what we've left behind Hold my hand There are many ways to do it right Hold my hand Turn around and see what we've left behind Hold my hand, my friend We can save the good spirit of me and you For another chance And let's pray for the beautiful world Assalamu alaikum, welcome back after listening to that lovely Nasheed, Hold My Hand. As I mentioned before that, Nasheed, we wanted to talk about a couple of things with you, Dr. Aisha, uh, before we finish this evening, which is really important around um, keeping this mum and this baby healthy. And you mentioned about folic acid and the importance of that. So what, can you explain a little bit more, I suppose, about scans? Because we're talking about investigations and uh, as well, and I don't think we mentioned scans, did we? No, not yet. No, okay, subhanAllah. Okay. So basically, essentially, any any low risk or normal normal pregnancy will have two scans um, during the whole kind of time you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And one of them will be a booking scan, so that's the one between kind of 10 and 12 weeks pregnant, and that's the one where they measure kind of from baby's head down to the baby's bottom and mm-hmm. give you that estimated date of delivery we, we spoke about earlier. And they tell you, you know, essentially baby's heartbeat's there, um, everything is in its place, you know, that's everything's reassuring. You've got through that first trimester. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you'd actually even have a scan is around your 20-week mark. And that's an anomaly scan. And although it's lovely to see your baby kind of top to toe mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's it's fantastic, mashallah. The scan, the purpose of the scan essentially is to work out if there's any anomalies in the structure of baby. So it's not the purpose not to give the mum and dad a picture, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, although, although it's really nice to come out with the picture and obviously yeah. let them know you want a picture before mm-hmm. you start. Um, you know, it, the point of it is a medical reason is to try and work out if there's any anomalies from top to toe. Right. So, you know, you will see them scanning literally from the head, you know, working through the brain, looking at the the lips and working out if there's anything like cleft lip or palate, so making sure the facial structures are fine, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, checking where the heart is, down from the the lungs, down Mm -hmm. to the 
tummy and you know making sure there's five fingers toes um, the hands and legs are all okay and this is the point if you want to find out whether you're having a boy or a girl you can choose to find out sometimes babies obviously they have a mind of their own as as most new moms mm. will know mm-hmm. that they're not in a position for you to find out you know they've mm. um, they're not they're not easily kind of um, detectable whether mm. it's a boy or a girl but you can if you want to highlight to the to the sonographer before saying mm. you know we'd like to find out if we're having a boy or a girl and that, mm. that's the time you can do it Subhanallah, so so just as you're talking there, and I'm just thinking 20 weeks, you know, gestation, 20 weeks pregnancy, that uh, this can all be found out. You can count fingers, look at heart. It's Subhanallah, that's a miracle, absolutely a miracle. Alhamdulillah. And some, some of the cutest scans I've done at this, at this kind of age at 20 weeks is you can actually see kind of babies sucking their thumb. Oh. Um, you know, we've, we've got some really cute videos, I think, where you have a baby literally kind of waving their fingers mm-hmm. or um, it, it's very cute. And you mm-hmm. know, obviously for the parents, the families, who, or even the mums just themselves going mm-hmm. in to, to have this scan, it's a very joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the sonographer who's doing it is literally going through a checklist. checklist. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you have to kind of understand their perspective that they're wanting to make sure that your baby is structurally um, as, as kind of it's fulfilling all the criteria. Mm-hmm. It's not a 100% scan because as much as we'd like to, we'd like to guarantee that everything is definitely, you know, shown but we can't obviously guarantee that baby's 100% healthy because you can't detect any genetic mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of um, f- foundation or building mm-hmm. blocks stuff for the baby. It's just mm-hmm. some of the structure that you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, mothers are around this time, and from the time they find out they're pregnant, usually they're very careful with their diet. There's um, now new advice out about what to eat and what they can't eat, but they are very cautious about their diet. What advice would you give uh, around diet? You know, what what should mums be eating? Sh- we all know we should be eating our five a day, which, gosh, some days seem to be too short to eat, get in five a day. But, of course, this is really important if you're pregnant. Uh, what what advice do you give as as doctors, as professions? To um, I think, alhamdulillah, all, as pregnant women, we've we've all had our cravings. Um, <laughs> and uh, subhanAllah, my cravings were apples, which was actually a very nice craving to have. Um, so I think, uh, you know, in di- diet, especially in pregnancy, you don't you have this um fallacy that you have to eat for two and essentially you don't have to increase your calorie intake at all during the first two trimesters up to even you know 24 weeks and mm-hmm. possibly in the third trimester you might need to increase up to 300 calories a day so you don't really have to eat for two really oh <laughs> you just disappoint me there now i was i always gave myself that excuse that when i was pregnant i may as well just you know eat enjoy it <laughs> eat for two and just heap on the cream there <laughs> well you know those come into the cravings and as, as much as obviously you you do crave certain food types it's it's uh, very easy to try and replace them and I think this is where dads and families come into play so mm-hmm. you know if you know your wife's having a craving um, you know if she's craving chocolate or anything mm-hmm. like that if you know obviously don't deny her the chocolate mm-hmm. you know you don't want to be messing with the pregnant women mm-hmm. but um, you know you know, try and create some other all, uh, healthy alternatives as well so maybe some cut fruit or some something else that can give her that sweet taste that she might want but mm-hmm. still try and keep it as healthy as possible mm-hmm. um, so she can enjoy her pregnancy as well and still come out of it as healthy as she can be because obviously she's got to look after her own health after it. Mm, yes, of course. I remember my first pregnancy, it was tomea, you know, falafel. That yes. was my <laughs> craving. Yes, and I actually learned how to make it myself because in the end it was so hard to, to go and buy it. And at the time we were living in Ireland and it was um, very difficult to find shops with it. So I actually learned how to make it. So I had no excuse. I 
could make it when I had the cravings then. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Necessities are mother of invention. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I learned how to make that on top of being pregnant. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So diet is, is really important to be looking at your diet, making sure you're getting a balanced diet um, yes. as, as best as possible. What about, you know, now we're coming into Ramadan, we're only a couple of weeks away from Ramadan. Somebody find out today or this week that they're pregnant or maybe they're further down the line, they're a couple of months pregnant or near the end of their pregnancy. What advice as a, a professional would you give them in, in Ramadan? Um, I mean, I just wanted to mention something quickly about diet. And there are certain foods to avoid with regards right. to pregnancy. So kind of the runny yolk of an egg. So try and have your egg fully cooked. And there's a whole list. And it's very, very easily available from the NHS website or even from, you know, your community midwife. So you have mm. a nice list of things you can eat that are safe mm-hmm. to eat. And particularly ones that you need to avoid or limit. And one thing I'd say is because we're, we're a community that maybe drinks, obviously, a lot of tea in Britain, mm-hmm. um, try and limit your caffeine to about three cups a day ideally and mm-hmm. when we're coming on to discussing Ramadan um, you know I'm, I'm not an Islamic scholar and I don't mm. think I can give a fatwa or an opinion um, essentially it's just about keeping yourself safe and keeping your baby safe um, if you feel like you can fast um, again these these um, fasts are very long fast and hopefully inshallah June is is uh, predicted to be a nice hot uh, hot inshallah. month uh, although we haven't had much heat through the through the year so far mm-hmm. so you know it's it's something that you need to obviously make an individual decision about um, mm-hmm. Allah Spantala obviously gives us that ease that we exempt from fasting when we're pregnant because mm-hmm. of the exhaustion, the, the fluid intake and the nutrients that we need. So, you know, he prefers that we take a path of ease. But again, I'm not here to, to kind of preach uh, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what's the right or wrong mm-hmm. thing to do. It's just about if it's not safe for you to, to fast, you know, I wouldn't be saying fast through pregnancy because it's not mm-hmm. a compulsion. It's an exemption mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And it is long days. So discuss this with your doctor or, and make an, an informed decision is probably the best advice is that what you would say yes, with, with, with parents great um, because I know some uh, some people will be thinking about that and wondering what to do so maybe now they can actually have they have time before Ramadan to make that appointment with their GP with their midwife and have this discussion with them and and then be able to uh, clarify it in their own mind what mm-hmm. what way to take it Brilliant. We also mentioned there before we had the last nasheed that we were going to talk a little bit about these symbols, these para ones and one plus one, because I know on the green notes this kind of comes out and is shown that when you see a, a symbol, a midwife writes down P1 and then maybe if you've had a couple of children, she might be writing P1 plus one. What does that mean? What does that mean for for, can you explain to us? That's fine. Um, para basically means if you've had children before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just depends on how many children you've had. If you're a first-time mom, you'll find people writing down para zero. So you've never had an, a child before. Mm-hmm. So it's your first pregnancy. Um, and if you've had two children before, it'll be para two. There's something else we write. We write that plus one or plus two. And the, the plus etc are to record any pregnancy losses that you've had Mm -hmm. so it would be any miscarriages or terminations or anything that we record um, Mm -hmm. that way but in essence the the parrot talks about any previous pregnancies you've had and there's a whole section in the green notes that talks about previous pregnancies and it's really important for us to know how you did last pregnancy Mm -hmm. you know all through the pregnancy and through the delivery as well as you know um, through your labor and did you have any complications because things might repeat and mm-hmm. if things could possibly repeat, you you know, we'd like you to be with us in the hospital rather than opting for a very low risk delivery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot, actually, of information in the green notes. I wonder how many parents, how many mums actually read the green notes 
because when I was amazed um, when I looked at a copy, knowing that you were coming on and going to talk about this, I did uh, find a copy and have looked through it. And I was amazed how things have changed over the years since my last pregnancy and, and my son is still in school, although in his final year in school. Things have changed a lot and progressed a lot. And we, we know we can access things on the Internet, but this is given to you in a book that you can actually go home and sit down and make a drink, a cold drink. <laughs> caffeine-free drink <laughs> and actually read through everything that's going to happen. What are the tests? What do they mean? So it does explain this P and para and everything else so you, that people can have a better understanding of the terminology and the words being used in, in simple, quite simple and good languages. Do you think that's... I, I think that's the case. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. these these books have gone through processes of patient involvement where people mm-hmm. have gone through and said, right, this, this, is, the sort we, this is the sort of information we'd like to have and mm-hmm. is it really um, at a lay level? Level. So, mm-hmm. you know, these are these are fantastic reads and they're a good bedtime read, you know, rather than um, mm-hmm. anything else. Just if you flick through them and just, you know, figure out what the definitions mean. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. All the information is there. And as we're coming towards the end, I'd like to know, you know, what advice, what tips, what would you give somebody maybe that just today found that they were pregnant what would you advice would you give them um i would firstly say you know mabruk um mm. for any sisters obviously pregnant um at the, at the current moment mm. and i'd say enjoy your pregnancy because it is a fantastic fantastic time in your life uh, your body goes through amazing changes and it literally it accommodates this this brand new living being that is going to be a part of your life you mm-hmm. know forever and it's alhamdulillah it's a fantastic time for for the whole family and you know i think it's really important for families to be there for each other and which is obviously very joy occasion so inshallah enjoy your pregnancy enjoy all the changes your body goes through and you know we're as as um, I, I can try and speak on behalf of the health service you know we are here to make sure you have a fantastic experience from beginning to end and you know we're, we're here to hold your hand Mashallah, that is wonderful to hear. Jazakallah Khair and Dr. Aisha for coming in. What a lovely wrap-up to our session today on pregnancy. Next week, we're going to actually jump a good few years. We're going to be talking about going into secondary school, a plus exams um, the, these exams and how how soon do I need to pre- do you need to prepare your children for them so if you've got any questions about that please do email in the studio or ring in the studio the email is studio at unityfm.net and until next week and our guest speaker talking about that next week have a lovely week inshallah have a safe week and take care of yourself